this is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirtless, not bad shirtless. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of uh, A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about movies of both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel. And You're going to call for line? That's of them. <laughs> I'm Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, and Happy New Year, Les Kirkendall Barrett. Happy New Year to you, too. And Happy New Year, and hello to Kurt Fitzpatrick. And Happy New Year and hello to Jason Bowers and Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello. We made it. It's 2023. Woo. Yes. And the, the reason I started laughing is I have another podcast that is on hiatus right now called The Reality Reading Rainbow. And I almost said we were at The Reality Reading Rainbow and caught myself at the last minute. Wow. So that's what that was about. You're on the OG podcast here. Yes, the OG. That's right. So, um, so what happened on New Year's Eve? Because I, because uh, I did go to that, that party in Pennsylvania. Oh, how was it? I did. Okay, it was in Lansdowne. Does that sound familiar? Lansdowne. Is that right? Lancaster. No, not okay. Lancaster. No. Okay. It was I, called Lansdowne. Okay. That was it. It was a fun time. I got a tarot reading they had a tarot card oh, reader yeah what did they say much like much like miss cleo did, yeah what did but, they um, share with you do you yeah. want to share it on the podcast i guess so i'm gonna um i pulled a lot of money cards so apparently oh. there's money in my future oh, okay okay um looks like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be getting laid good what what um, card is in, that it's the getting laid card what I, does I, it look I, like i just slipped it in the deck myself <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's supposed to happen in June. Oh, uh, around there. But she said I have to do some work. In six months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> At least I got something to look forward to. But um, no. But she said I got to work for it. I got to I got to do some stuff. It's not just going to come out oh. of thin air. Okay. <laughs> but that's good. And then um, I'm going to go on a little trip. But the trip didn't sound exciting. I mean, she said you might have to, you might have to climb up a mountain or oh. go to a beach. Sound you know it didn't sound uh, all that exciting. Okay. Well, that does not sound like a bad reading. No, it was all right. What did What did you do, Jason? On I, I had a busy New Year's weekend. On New Year's Eve, Eve, uh, my friends John and John had a party uh, at their place. I was invited to that party, I but I was traveling, so I couldn't make it. Yeah, and that was really lovely. It was a great time. And then New Year's Eve night. Uh, Another friend had like a small gathering in his place, and then we just went out to the bars. And then on New Year's Day, I went to this like daytime dance party thing. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a busy weekend. Yeah, New Year's Eve. So my husband and I went to um, to France and to the UK over the holiday. And like literally, I sent you guys pictures. In France, I literally on Christmas Eve had a Hallmark-style Christmas in the middle of a village in France because they were having, like, this Christmas tree lighting ceremony slash 
um, slideshow on the side of a church. And it was, it was amazing. Like, seriously, it was like so amazing. I think we talked about that in the last show, didn't we? Oh, did we? I think so. Oh. We heard about your, your perfect Hallmark Christmas. Okay. Well, anyway, so New Year's, I got back. Um, I got back on New Year's Eve day. Okay. So on New Year's Eve night, uh, these friends of mine in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood, um, had a uh, New Year's Eve party. And their New Year's Eve party, their New Year's Eve parties are always themed. Okay. What was the theme? So the theme this year was the future is fringe. So you either had to come with some kind of fringe or some kind of futuristic futuristic costume or both. And is this people, at all related to the fringe festivals that you guys do or does oh no, they're talking about fringe on a costume? Fringe on a costume. Okay. These guys have no idea what fringe is at the festival. Okay. Um but it was cool because the last time they had a party was 2019 going into 2020, and we all know what happened then. So it was good to be back year, years later, and people kind of pulled out all the stops. It was fun. I had a good time. Describe your costume. What did you wear? So, so I wore um, – I so, so when I was in England, I got this sweater that has – I got this cardigan, but the cardigan – has like a desert scene on it. Okay. So I decided to go desertish. So I had a scarf that had a little fringe on it. Okay. And I tied my scarf around my neck and I wore a big cowboy hat and my Western cardigan. And it was good. It worked out. And then my friend, so we got to his place and my friend said, you know, it would get well with that. My friend Marty, my because my friends Marty and Martin had the party. So Marty... Oh, no. So Martin looks at me and says, I like your cowboy hat, but you know what would look better? My leopard skin cowboy hat. So I put on his leopard skin cowboy hat, as, and it was on and popping. That sounds like something Black China would wear. Right? Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Or, or the people in this uh, movie that we watched this week from Lifetime. Uh, I, yeah. Well... I could see the mother wearing it. Yes. The mother did wear leopard print at one point, actually. At her oh, she did. funeral. Yeah. At her That's funeral. right. It wasn't well, she's, dressed, she's dressed to impress. <laughs> Those are her morning clothes. That leopard is also dead. <laughs> she's cruising for dates at her daughter's funeral. The leopard's lucky. Don't blame her. Right. Leopard didn't have to watch this movie. Okay. She should get a tarot card reading. Speaking of that, Miss, Miss Cleo, you, your friend was in the Miss Cleo movie, right, Les? Yes, yes, he was. I'm Miss Cleo. I, I've been watching that. I haven't finished watching it, but yeah. I, you know what it is? It, I don't like that it demystifies Miss Cleo. I just want to love Miss Cleo. You know what it taught me? Because this was pre-internet. A, was pre-internet. B, and, and, and don't get me wrong, because I was fooled, too. It taught me how gullible people really were back then because if, when you watch the um, the documentary now, she slips out of her accent a lot. Oh. I, but but I, th- I think you're saying that people back then were, were naive or easily fooled as if they're not now. I would say that people are just as dumb, if not dumber, in 2022. 
I think the what the difference is, like now with the internet, she probably wouldn't have been able to get away with it as long as she did. Or use the stupidity of the internet to amplify it and reach even more people. True. True. And those people are paying like four ninety nine a minute. A minute for those calls. Wow. Yeah. I never got suckered into that. And the thing is, I felt sorry for her because she was just basically like an actress. Her <laughs> work. I miss Cleo. <laughs> and because her con, because at first, at first I was like, "How dumb was she?" Because her contract sucked. But then I was like, "But then again, she was like a, just a working actress, and so even though the contract sucked, it was like money for her." Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that thing that, that they used to have? I don't think they did this. Uh, they used to have these things called soundboards, and so it was like one of them was Miss Cleo. So it's a bunch of words and phrases that mm-hmm. you could click. Yeah, and so you so people would use these for for uh, phone calls. They would yeah. call people and pretend they're Miss Cleo. There's one that there's a Miss Cleo one that's just hilarious. Like she she calls this older woman. She's like, "Hello," she says, "Hello, this is hello. How are you today? This is Miss Cleo." And she goes, "I'm seeing some forgetfulness, and I'm seeing a new baby in the next three months." And she goes, "You're way off track." The, the what? The one that I loved, the one that I loved, though, was the woman who, like, dated her. And I think they dated for a number of years who was like, she always used an accent with me. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like it's, you know, you want to believe that Miss Cleo is real. That's like I keep watching. I'm like, do I want to watch the rest of this? I just I enjoy the idea of Miss Cleo. I, I would imagine if she's doing that character for long enough, it sort of merges into her real life. And that that even though she the accent is put upon, it starts to become just her normal cadence of speech. So she doesn't even realize she's doing it. But here's the deal. There were other friends of hers like her because how far are you along, Kurt? About halfway through. But you could just okay. spoil so, it. I don't care. So, so you're at the part. I think you've seen these people. So she had like the women that she dated, but then she had like these friends who were like really good, close friends. Like yeah, those roommates and stuff. Yeah, and, and like the boys. This one woman had boys, and the boys were her godsons, and they were really close. So while she was dating the woman and used the accent with those people who were her really good friends, she didn't use the accent. Wow. <laughs> you know who she's? She's like Hannah Montana. <laughs> she's living a double life. Oh uh, yeah, you know I had a ro- I had a roommate in college. He's lived he lived in Jamaica, a Jamaican man. So he lived he lived in Jamaica, but he wasn't really I don't know what the situation was. But anyway, he 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 lived in Jamaica with his family, and so when he talked to me, he didn't he talked with like a regular American accent. When he would be on the phone with one of his Jamaican family members, his his he would start to go into the accent. And when I pointed out to him later, he didn't even realize that it was happening. Well, that happens. Yeah. It's like people that drink that have a Southern accent, but they, they don't have it when they're not drinking. And then, uh, you know, they, they drink and they sort of slip back into it from their childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. Yeah, that happens. That's more common than you think, actually. Um, well, before we slog on to this movie... Do we have any black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Black China is being accused of being violent again. Ugh, it's only a few days into 2023. 
Well, this is actually, this is an article from December 22nd. We, we had missed this somehow, but this is very important. Okay, it's less than no, two no, months. No, 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 we missed this. You are our Black China <laughs> reporter, Kurt. Don't put this on us. How dare you? <laughs> Jeez. All right. I, okay, I missed it. So less than two months after being cleared of charges in a battery investigation, RadarOnline.com has learned that she's being violent again. Comedian Gerald Houston addressed an alleged incident in which he claimed the reality star, 34, hit him in the mouth after he called her Ari. Houston, who's known Ari? for pranking people. He called her broke- what? Ari. A-R-I. Ari. Okay, so- Maybe Ari? Like Ariana? Ari, I guess Ari. A-R-I, Ari. Okay. That's Ari. Okay. Houston, who's known for pranking people, broke down the alleged altercation while talking to Flacco on No Jumper, who asked him if one of his jokes ever went too far. That's what he claimed he was popped in the mouth by Black China after calling her out of name. Houston was referring to Ari Fletcher. Um, Don't play with me, pussy boy, China (laughs) sang on camera. (laughs) It's important to note that Houston did not have the alleged punch on the video, claiming it was too dark outside to catch Rob Kardashian's baby mama in action. OMG. OMG. It's Ari Fletcher. Uh, Houston recalled saying to China as she made her way out of the club, the comedian explained why he referred to as Ari saying they both got fake lips, fake booties and fake body parts. According to Houston, that's when all hell broke loose. She immediately squared up to me and hit me in the mouth, he claimed. When he asked why, when he asked her why she allegedly hit him, China reportedly responded, don't play with me, pussy boy. He then claimed she grabbed his beard and said, play with me again, and I'm going to knock your ass out. RadarOnline.com has reached out to Black China for comment. Houston didn't specify when the alleged altercation went down, but China recently escaped criminal charges stemming from a separate incident. The ex-Robin China star was alleged of kicking a friend in the stomach after losing her nasty million-dollar, multi-million-dollar court battle with the Kardashian Patriots and her famous family. Well, oh wait, okay, it's RadarOnline.com. It's not, not finished. Reported in November, the Los Angeles Police Department revealed it was no longer working on the investigation launched against China in May 2022. The alleged, the incident allegedly happened after Black China noticed a friend recording her inside a club. Oh, we, I remember that. In recording, a female who sounded yeah. like China denied kicking the woman. That's it, man. See, this sounds kind of suspect <laughs> because his excuse about it being too dark to get it on camera, that's bullshit. Because I've seen people, especially and especially if it happened out in front of a club, the, the, I've seen people like with no lights record something on their phone mm-hmm. and have it come through. And a lot of times in front of a nightclub, it's pretty well lit, even at night. Yeah, it's it's definitely an allegation. I've I've also never nice. heard of Ari Fletcher until now. I had to look her up. Who is she? Who is it? It says she's a social media personality. This is from uh, grandpeoples.com. It says she's a social media personality and model known for her popular Instagram account. Uh, she's known for her fashion and beauty content. She's also been involved in reality television and released music. That's the most vague bio ever. Uh, um. She also is the co-founder of... Uh, K-Y-C-H-E Extensions, a hair products company. That's where she's going to make her billion. And extensions? Well, she has a following, yeah. 
If she actually has a following, she'll make money doing that for sure. But I had never heard of her until now. I got to get into the extension business. Yeah. Well, I went team China with this one because this just sounds very, sounds very suspect. It's easy to jump on the bandwagon because her name is out there. Yeah. Despite the fact that I reported that entire thing, I'm on her her side too. I don't, I don't know if this was a a real incident. I don't. Well, you're a journalist, Kurt. So, you know, you've got to report. That's true. I have to be unbiased. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I was just biased. Before we start. I, and we haven't done this in probably a year, I have a June Squibb report. What? What? And now, it's time for the June Squibb report. Here's the best cook in all bit. So, I was flying back from the UK, and so, you know, it's a 10-hour flight, and so, of course, what do you do on your flight back? You watch movies, and June Squibb had a new movie that was on the flight. And the movie was called Family Squares, and it was like one of these those Zoom movies that they made yeah. over lockdown. And so, and it's about this woman who was dying, and she knew that she was dying. So she met her family over Zoom, and then after she died, she would send them tapes over Zoom and like basically fuck with them. How was she sending it when when she was dead? Oh, because she one of her granddaughters would. Oh, god! Okay. okay, one of her granddaughters and a lawyer would set it up. Like, I didn't do, know she was like haunting them or something. Wait, then, they're paying a lawyer to do this? She paid the lawyer to do it. Oh my god! Because the character money. initially it started out she wasn't dead yet, but she was dying, and then over the course of the movie she <laughs> died, but then. Would set like have the lawyer or the granddaughter send videos to fuck with the family. June Squibb just he, June Squibb just needs to get a, an Instagram account and a Hootsuite account, and she could have uh, put those videos in Hootsuite and just like time their release after her death. That just like every couple of days, it'll release a new video. And, and the thing is, you know, and we we kind of discussed this a little bit. You know, it was one of those Zoom movies that was made during the pandemic that weren't that great and so i wasn't i didn't have high hopes and as a matter of fact i was like i'll watch like 10 minutes of it and then just to say i watched 10 minutes of a june squib movie for the podcast and i'll be done with it i ended up watching the whole thing and it actually ended up being really good it it was did it prevent you from watching the punky brewster reboot that's all i need to know yes it did thank you oh you still haven't seen that okay good thank you june squib but in this movie, because there was a lot of like characters, so it was June Squibb, Margot Martindale, love her, Ju- Judy Greer. You know who Judy Greer? Yeah, is, love right? her too. I do. Yeah. So it was all these different character actors, and it was actually pretty good. So Henry, Henry Winkler was in it. Oh. It was it was good. Okay. So good for you, June. Is Margot Martindale elevating projects with her presence now, or are the is is her presence sinking? Because she's also in Cocaine Bear. Oh, she's <laughs> elevated. Well, no, Cocaine Bear. Like everyone that's in that movie is in on the joke. It's a really very amazing. like comedy heavy cast for this uh, horror movie, and it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. Like they're definitely playing it for laughs oh, it in is. addition to horror. Yeah. When I see that, she, when I saw she was in it, you know, it, it elevated it for me. But then I see she's in this this Zoom movie too. I'm like, hmm. But 
like spreading I said, spreading itself thin. This movie and and then who else? Aunt Lydia from um, Handmaid's that, Tale. That's got confusing because I confused Margot Martindale and Anne Dowd. No, well, in this you couldn't because Margot Martindale had like her short little Margot Martindale do, and Anne Dowd had long hair. Okay. So they look. They definitely looked different. But you know, I'm just excited that, like, that, that when I post this podcast, I can use a tag that I haven't used in a very long time, the June squib tag that we have. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. And, and so, you know, I think this movie kind of survived and ended up being good because they had, like, good quality character actors. Um. Yeah, but that sucks when you're at a stage in your acting career where every, every time you're in a movie, you die. I think that happened to Fergus Meredith. He must have knew that, you know, every time they put it in the movies, this, this character makes it halfway through. Right. We wish uh, the best for everyone. Speaking of speaking making of, it happen. Yeah, speaking of that, I have a bone to pick with you guys. You guys have been very mean. Okay, what? Oh. To the people in this movie. To the people in this movie. The, the movie <laughs> being uh, Lifetime's Are My Friends Killers. Well, your Even friend's the, acting killed me almost. Which I don't know what the title means because they weren't her friends. It really, made but. no sense. They changed the title at the last minute. It was originally going to be called, I believe it was called A Killer on Campus. And they changed it at the last minute. It, 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 right, right mean to that blonde guy. He was trying. <laughs> Something uh, went wrong with that poor guy. Something went wrong with the casting. It was. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating when I say of all, and we've watched so many Lifetime and Hallmark movies over the years, of all of the Lifetime and Hallmark movies and, and beyond that we have watched over the years, this was hands down collectively the worst acting I have ever seen in one of ever. these movies. Ever. That's what I'm talking about. I, I to the point a, where it was enjoyable because it was so bad. It's yeah. a cautionary tale. Look. You have to do your bad acting, get cast in some shitty play that, you know, 14 people are going to go see if you're lucky and do your bad acting there. Nobody should be filming it. I guess these days everything's filmed. I got to do my bad acting and stuff that no one ever saw. <laughs> Don't do your bad acting in something where there's actual uh, cameras with, with film in it. Every last one of them in every last in, one in very <laughs> slight defense to the uh class of 22 for uh, from the um uh park ranger school of acting that's not possible this trail's been closed for eight years it's extremely dangerous in slight defense to them i also think some of this falls on the director and the editor because some of this was yeah. just like actors waiting around for a scene to start like th that's that can all be edited out that could right. all be directed, oh. like, hey, let's let's start again, like get a little zippier as we head into this scene. Compared to yeah. compared to those actors, that park ranger was like Sally Field. Seriously. Well, if we if we believe Kurt from last week, the uh the park ranger is a better actor than Marlon Brando simply because in she the, enunciates. In the score. He, she was better than him in the score where he's mumbling and he looks awful. <laughs> Not better than him in, you know, uh The Godfather. Ugh, this movie, the acting, because I mean, you know, let's face it, when we watch these, you know, Lifetime and Hallmark movies, we see there are actors of different levels, you know, mm -hmm. ranging from, you know, Eric Roberts and Annie McDowell to the Park Ranger, and it's normally, it's normally like a mixed 
bag yeah. a lot of the times. Like they, they'll this, they'll have a park ranger in there for a little bit. Like, oh, this person's new. Let's give them a line or two. Right. Or maybe they know the producer or whatever. But this was the largely the entire cast. And it was a ripoff of another movie that we saw pretty much. I forget. I'm trying to remember the movie's name, Jeez. but this was almost a, a ripoff verbatim from this other movie that we saw. Yeah, you know what the acting was like? You remember, you remember in The Godfather where the guy, uh, never the guy seen comes? It. I've you, never you seen, seen The Godfather, Godfather, no. Yeah. Yes. The guy comes in the beginning. Oh, well, Jason's not going to get it. The, the guy's walking around in the wedding. He keeps rehearsing because he, he's going to go. He's got to go speak to Don Corleone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I am honored and grateful. I have it in front of me. I am honored, Don Corleone. I am honored and grateful that you have invited me to your daughter's wedding on the day of your daughter's wedding, and I hope that the first child be a masculine child. Ugh. Jason this doesn't know what I'm talking about, but the guy's basically rehearsing and he sounds like the, the yeah, yeah. park ranger a little bit. Well, it's like uh, if you ever watched the show The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow, her character gets cast in this new or, sitcom where she's got an audition for it and she's rehearsing her lines over and over uh, at night. And she's got this line of, um, uh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> After a, after a long day at work, I don't want to see that. And she's just rehearsing this line, all these different line readings that she can do. Aunt Sassy. Yes. But, um, I didn't ask for the anal probe. Is it, but yeah, this, yeah that's from, right? Uh, what? Passion Fish. Oh. oh. You guys have seen that, right? I have. What's it called? Passion Fish. I don't know if it's I've a, seen that. It's a John Sales movie with... Um, nope. Mary McDonald, who's the woman from Dances with, with Wolves. Wolves. I've never seen it. No, she was in it with Alfrey Woodward was on in it. Okay. Well, there's a scene in it where this woman just starts giving. I don't know. I have to describe the whole movie. But there's a, a look up on YouTube. I didn't ask for the anal probe. Have at it. But this movie, you know what? This movie made me angry because you know, you know how I, you know how I love. I love a snooping movie. Mm-hmm. I love a lady burglar movie. I love lady like bird. a girl undercover movie. I love a movie with twins when the twins like switch places because then one of them has to have like wacky hijinks in this fish out of water or they have to p- protect their cover. Mm-hmm. This girl was the worst undercover person I have ever seen. Ever. Like, why don't you just tell everybody everything about what you're doing? The whole, the whole premise of this movie made no sense. And I don't mean like, oh, the wacky twists and turns, like the, the, those don't make sense because they never do. And that's kind of the point. I'm talking the, the overall premise of this movie as to why this girl is at this college made zero sense. No sense. And no kind. And, and basically... And you know what I wrote, and and this isn't even a judgment on people who haven't gone to college, but I wrote in my notes: Did this person actually go to college? Because oh, the, oh, the writer wrote, wrote the movie. Because the person who wrote the movie. Because one of the big storylines was the fact that she went into the semester late. Yeah, I don't care what college you're at, and I don't care how many strings you have to pull. 
once the why once the semester started, why couldn't they just make it that oh she went in after the Christmas break or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it, it made no sense that she was starting as this after the semester had already started. Like there right. there I mean so many holes. And th- this movie needed about three more passes at the script. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if if the, if the movie was set in a high school, that would have been totally plausible. Mm-hmm. Totally plausible. But it's like, co- you know, college where your semesters are only so many weeks anyway. Yeah. Should we get into it? Ugh. Let's do it. So, so we're, we're at a school. This woman is jogging around a track. Lauren. But not only was she jogging around a track... And not only were there other people like jogging, they were doing like Olympic sports. Javelin. <laughs> yeah, well, if they do track and field in college, you're doing that kind of stuff. And, and I wrote in my notes, okay, wow, this girl looks like she's gonna have a heart attack. And and, and then and then I wrote a little joke. Ah, she's probably running because she ate cake at the Abbey or something. Hey, and hey. Th- oh, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. Very sensitive. <laughs> no, you, you, you I shaped you for me. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so she's running. She finishes her run. She has a water bottle. She drinks out of the water bottle, and she makes a face. So whatever in her water was in the water was nasty. So then she puts the water bottle down, and she does have a heart attack. And it is like the most dramatic heart attack Ever. She falls to the ground, and it made me think of how Kurt told us that the uh, the life alert lady used to do uh, public appearances. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought of this young girl. I was like, she could be because she'll have like years to do that, right? If you right. get like That's a right. you know yeah. twenty year old doing, I've, I've fallen, I can't get up. You you've got like good you know four or five decades doing that. Yeah, yeah she gave like, like a Madam Butterfly performance. Hit your sixties, and you hit your sixties, and you're doing that. It gets a little sad, you know. Yeah. It was right. it, it was insane <laughs> that she like and the scene leading up to this, there's all these other runners and javelin throwers and stuff around. But the minute she like falls super dramatically to the ground, there's nobody else around. Right. Everyone's no gone. In the middle of the day afternoon. Well, you yeah. can't stop training. Well, you notice there weren't many people at the college. In no. any given any given shot, there may have been one person walking around back there. Very exclusive so, school. Yes. Right. So, so, so then her phone starts ringing. It was, and it I, think started, it, I think it was the University of Phoenix. Maybe that's what it was. So most of it is right. correspondence. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. It's, on, it's online. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so her phone starts ringing, and we find out that that's like her best friend, Zoe. And she doesn't answer the phone. We find out that it's Lauren's birthday or her birthday's coming. Lauren's the one that had the heart attack. Yeah. And so there was a lot of exposition in this movie. A lot. Yeah. yeah you because, said there were a lot of words. Yes. Because her leaving the message for Lauren, hi, Lauren, it's Zoe just calling. You know, we've been best friends since eighth grade and just goes on this whole monologue in this message. And it was exposition that that didn't add to this story, really. We didn't need it. It didn't serve any purpose other than fill time. Right. So then she keeps on calling her. And supposedly, like, when they were, before they graduated high school, they were inseparable. Um, So um, 
then Zoe gets a call from Lauren's mother, who went to the uh, park ranger school of acting. That's not possible. This trail's been closed for eight years. It's extremely dangerous. Right. She She is the class valedictorian this year. Uh Uh-huh. And she then tells Zoe that Lauren was dead. And she goes into a lot more exposition. Exactly. (laughs) And she goes into a, a lot more exposition about it. And then we're at the funeral. And she's like, is Laura, is Laura okay? No, there's no Laura. Right. Laura is dead. And, oh. and this is this is when the mom was dressed like she was going out on a date because she had a leopard skin. She, had, oh, she yeah. was wearing all black, but had like a leopard skin top. That's, it, that's a, yeah, it's a good place to meet uh, some guys. Yeah. The, the way so. to honor your deceased child is to wear an outfit like you are going to go and get up in the club. Right. Because she was ready. It is honoring her. That's probably how she ended up conceiving her in the first place. Perhaps. <laughs> she wore, wore that outfit. We know? never so, did. We never heard a word about sure. Lauren's dad. And no, we never no. heard a word about Zoe's parents. No. Because we hear a lot. We, we start to hear a lot about how, like, you know, Lauren's got a little more privileged background. Zoe's mom, like, cleaned houses or something like that or drove a bus or something. Um, sure, but. But like, like we never see her parents. We never beyond that. We don't learn anything about them, and especially the way that that Zoe ended up at that college. Yes, which we're getting to. Yeah, because that was a big, big life change. Yeah. Um, because you know, Laura, the the service ends. uh, The mom asks Zoe to talk to her. And, and so the mother says to Zoe, listen, you know, um, I, you know, I know you can't, cause Zoe's like, I'm going to community college. And the mom is basically like, listen, well, I know that you can't afford college and I know that you were Lauren's best friend. So what I would like to do in Lauren's memory is I would like to send you to the college that Lauren was going to, and I will pay your entire I will pay for your entire uh, education. education. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how she, that's actually like how she said it as well. It's like, listen, this is what you're going to do. But give her the rundown. But, but she framed it as, you know, I'm doing this in honor of your best friend. I'm going to give you a break because that's probably what your best friend would want me to do. Yeah. We'll find so, out later that, that she had an ulterior motive that she didn't reveal right. in this moment. And so this is where we're missing a scene because, you know, maybe her talking even on the phone with her mother, the bus driver saying, hey, oh, my gosh, mom, I just got this amazing opportunity to go to college. Yeah. Well, somebody was helping her pack the car. Remember, they showed, like, where she lived. It looked like a motel. Yeah. Some woman was helping her pack the car. But she also, I think she even at one point, like, said, okay, bye, mom, or something, and hung up the phone and then, like, put the last thing in the car. Oh. Yeah. So, like, mom uh, wasn't even there. Oh, oh, so, so, so as, you know, uh, the mother tells Zoe this and Zoe's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to do this. This is great. And they hug. The mom gives like an evil hug look behind Zoe's back. So I'm like, "Uh oh, here we go. The mom's up to something. 
So, so but then, it, even like even though the mom wasn't being super forthright about why she wanted Zoe to go there, the mom wasn't actually doing anything evil. Why does she give that look there? Right, because it was just like a menacing. It's a very menacing look. Well, is it menacing or is it like as she is hugging, she's like, "Oh my god, my leopard print is too tight." Right. <laughs> I shouldn't have had that bagel was, at craft services. Or she's like, "What's my next line?" Right. She was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So, so then we're at the college. Lauren is, or uh, Zoe is walking through the campus with her luggage. Oh, do we mention how? Do we mention how the mother got her in the college? She made a donation, and yeah, mm-hmm. in Lauren's name. Okay, yeah, yeah. But again, like we said before, we started digging into the movie. That they they allow Zoe to go to this college in the middle of the semester. She just like is that like everyone's already been in classes, everyone's already been in their dorm rooms, and here she's just like you know weeks into the semester. Like, hey guys, here I am. Right, and they could have easily just made it. They could have easily just made the story that uh, this is spring semester and she's coming in for spring semester. She, you know, uh, Lauren was there in the fall and died in the fall, and so this spring. Uh, Zoe's showing up. Yeah, that it was like easy, and it would make total sense. Yes. So, so nobody's nobody's helping. The people at this college are mean because no one's helping Zoe with her luggage. And um, and this is another thing that was weird too. And this is another thing that made me wonder if this person went to college. Once again, no judgment. Whenever someone would introduce themselves, it was she was like. Hi, I'm Zoe. I'm an accounting major. And then the other one was like, Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm a chemistry major. I, you don't introduce yourself with your major. No, and it's also not relevant to most conversations. Right. I mean, I had really good friends in college. I had no idea what their majors were, some of them. Yeah. Um. So, so, um, yeah, I would so, say in, in terms of the, the writing of the script, they, they needed to let it be known what some of these students majors were, because it will be a slight plot point later. Yeah, a slight, plot. like the chemistry major thing is a slight plot plot point, but they reveal no, it at a, at a really dumb point in the movie. Cause they could have, and should have revealed it earlier. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so, so she meets Samantha, the chemistry major, and Samantha's actually very nice, very friendly. Um, they're talking, and then Samantha's like, "Oh, well, I'll help you with your bags," and then she asks, "So, what's your room number?" And then Zoe tells Samantha the room number, and then Samantha gets a weird look on her face, but then quickly covers it up and invites Zoe to be come to one of their social club meetings. Um, Cause Samantha's like, I run this club. Good for networking. Yeah. And especially since you're new, it's a good way to make friends. So that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So at most oh, schools, they call else. that a sorority. Right. Right. Exactly. Where do I hear about this club? And especially, you know, come on. I love a good sorority bad girl movie or a sorority where one of the initiates has powers and then the, you know, the bitchy sorority hates her, always played by Morgan Fairchild in the 70s, the bitchy sorority girl. You know what I mean? Oh, I was going to say, always played by Morgan Freeman. 
It's not that kind of sorority. Anyway, so so then they go up to her room. The roommate answers the door, and the roommate is very creepy and bitter looking. Ming. Ming. Yeah. Isn't that the name of a character, Flash Gordon? Ming, yes, Ming the Merciless. Yeah. And, and so Ming this, lets her in. This room, it's a college dorm. Was like half the size of my apartment, and I have a large apartment for Los Angeles. It was like half. It was huge. Yes, yes, and it was a good thing it was huge because that roommate was a bitch. She was not nice at all. As a matter with of re- fact, we'll, we'll come to find out with reason. <laughs> but as a matter of fact, she had her own room for half a semester. She don't want a roommate now. Well, but then when she introduced herself and was trying to be nice to the roommate, the roommate uttered the reality show phrase of phrases. I'm not here to make friends. Yes. (laughs) I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to study. And Zoe's like, damn, geez, okay. Lighten up, man. Right. So, so, So Samantha, once again, before Samantha left, told Zoe, well, we're having a little club get-together tonight. Why don't you come? So after the roommate was just like an absolute bitch to her. Well, in course- being a bitch, the roommate said uh, that her old roommate, you used to want to be friends, but uh, that that's, you know, hey, I'm here to, that's when she used her bitchy phrase. But she, she referred to the old roommate and how the old roommate wanted to be friends. Right. Can't imagine who that old roommate was. Yeah, the- I don't know. I'm stumped. It was <laughs> such a. I, I we can talk about it now because it's not even surprising. Later on, we will find out that the old roommate was Lauren. But <sighs> but um, Zoe is like floored that nobody told her and that she didn't know this before. Like you. You couldn't do the simple math and figure out that, like, oh, there's this open dorm room in the middle of the semester, and they right. moved me into it. You didn't figure that part out? Well, but like I said, Dor- like Zoe was like a dumb undercover person. Dumb. I mean, like, just dumb. It's like, didn't your parents show you Charlie's Angels as a child? Don't you know the Lady Detective basics? In Zoe's defense, she doesn't know she's supposed to be undercover. Well, but then when she started singing like a canary was after she found out. Well, yeah. Because she was just blowing her cover left We're getting ahead right. of ourselves here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have to treasure every moment here. Um, oh, okay. So so after after <laughs> Ming was so cruel, if I was Zoe, I would have done the same thing. Like, I'm getting the hell out of this room. I'm going to go to the club where no. at least this girl was nice to me. No wonder her last roommate drank poison. Right. Seriously. <laughs> So, so then, hey, don't you get straight A's if your roommate? I was dies, wondering though? that. Yeah, that that's a, that's like a, the the old um uh, old wives' that's tale uh, on college campuses. If your roommate dies during the semester, you you uh, you get straight A's and you don't get another roommate. You just get the room to yourself. That's why Ming was pissed off. She thought she was getting a straight A's, and she gets another roommate pops in. She's like, oh, fuck, and don't they, study now for those exams? And don't they have to disclose? But, you know, I would imagine week. again, I guess we're questioning the logic of something that wasn't very thought well thought out in the writing of this. So so th- so she goes to the meeting 
and she's checking out a uh, Zoe's checking out a guy, and then Samantha comes up, and Samantha's all nice, and the guy that Zoe's checking out is named David, and they automatically like each other, and um, she David asks her, "Hey, do you want a drink?" And she's not twenty one. She's like, "I'm not twenty one." And David's like, "Well." This is a special kind of club. And we find out that this is basically a club for Nepo babies. It's like a, for, I for took what? it like it was a Nepo baby. I never heard of that. I guess you're talking about nepotism. Yeah. Baby? Yeah. The, the phrase Nepo baby. Nepo baby is like super big right now, but it basically means nepotism. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this is like, a, it's baby. supposed to be like a skull and bones kind of society. That's what they were trying to get at with this movie. They just never really accomplished it. No, because so, it was... So, yeah, anyway, you'll see what else. If you, you know, it becomes an eyes wide shut society too. <laughs> not see. even well, no, and not even eyes wide shut. It was like eyes half closed, and that's one eye. Eyes half closed and bodies fully clothed. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. <laughs> so, but they're really not. But they're all really nice to her. They're all very nice to her. And Zoe meets Chloe, and this is where Zoe tells um, Samantha, I can't believe that you all are interested in me because, you know, my mom drives a bus and your parents are all these influential people. And David and Samantha were like, no, 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 no. If you're cool, we're open to anybody as long as they're cool. We don't care. Um, they're and, using to get a bus ride. And, and, I, it, and it, I wrote it, here. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the, the song that they were listening to was called "Boom Boom Boom" in my room in my room. <laughs> That's bad music really? in this movie. Yeah. There was a song that went "Boom Boom Boom." Let's go back to my room so we can make it all night. Yeah. They they did not get the rights to that song. That no, that was no, not the song. Bad. Was it? Did they ever, in the course of this movie, address why this group wanted Zoe? Like why they honed in on her? I don't think they ever addressed no, it. They didn't. No, they didn't. Because it, it, like, on paper, it doesn't make sense. They've got all these like kids that like they've got a son of a senator. One of them's is the head of the biggest. Uh, their parents, the head of the biggest law firm in the state. One's the daughter of a rock star. One's the heir to a large pharmaceutical company. And right. so, like this rando that they meet on campus, know nothing about. They want her in this club. All of a sudden, it made no sense. No, no sense. I guess. I guess it's also strange because wouldn't they kind of want to keep their distance from her until they know well, something about her because they right. they don't say whether or not they know that she is somehow related to lauren right i don't think they knew that no they didn't because there was no way okay. um so, so so then um after the party david asks to walk her home and um he was questioning, yeah, how do you, why did you transfer mid-semester? How did you get in? But, and then he starts to tell her, well, you know, if you become a member of this club, the Select, it's, you know, these are friends for life, and you'll have connections for life, and it's just really, you know, cool, and we look out for each other. And then he kisses her, and as he's kissing her, someone is watching. In a black hoodie. In a black hoodie, and I'm like, they're back. They're I, back I was at, when that happened. I was like, okay, I might this. I might be on board for this movie after all. I was excited because I wasn't sure if it was, it was a lifetime movie or if it was an acquisition. But it was Marvista, and there's a black hoodie. It's a lifetime movie. 
Now, now, David, as a gentleman, you suck because he kisses her goodbye and he leaves her in the dark. Because this is in the dark. He doesn't wait to see that she gets into her dorm safely. He just walks away and leaves. And then all of a sudden it gets really dark and she gets scared because she's like, someone's watching me and she's yelling out, hey, hey, are you watching me? Are you following me? Bad move. Yeah. No. What you do is you give her a, you know, she, he could at least give her like a matchbook. So she could let a let let match. She'd, she'd have a, a source of light. Yeah. So this, and this yeah. next part made no it's sense. Gentleman thing to do. Because Zoe wakes up the next day. She's like, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. I overslept. <laughs> but it's a Sunday. There are no classes on Sunday. It was weird because she sort of shot out of bed all the time and it implied, oh no, she's late for something, but it was never addressed in the dialogue that she was she running late. And she had books. She had yeah. books with her. So, 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 so she runs out of the dorm and Mrs. Price, Lauren's mother shows up and listen, and Mrs. Price asks Lauren, Hey Lauren. I mean, ask Zoe. Hey Zoe, can I wrote with you? And I wrote, um, you're only paying for my entire college scholarship. Of course you can walk with me. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> Mrs. Price was asking, you know, can I walk? Cause I'm wearing these hooker shoes right now, which are like 20 right. feet tall. <clears throat> she was wearing once, huge heels. Cause once again, oh, she was to, ready. She was dressed to date for a date. She was asking if she could phys- physically walk. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then we find out that the real reason why she paid for uh, Zoe to go to that school is she wanted to go, Zoe to go undercover and find out what happened to Lauren. And this is where I found this movie a little peculiar. Wouldn't it have made more sense for her to maybe like hire a private investigator? Like yeah. that would be <laughs> a little more efficient, <laughs> maybe a little, little less complicated. That would know how to snoop by trade? You wouldn't have to send someone to to university for four years and pay all our expenses, but you could probably like hire a private investigator for Charlie's Angels. Maybe maybe a month. Yeah. You know, she could have gone to the Townsend Detective Agency, hired, you know, Charlie's Angels, Jill Kelly or Sabrina. Well, also, like, if you're, if you think something suspicious has happened to your daughter, does making your daughter's best friend go in her place, doesn't that raise a bunch of red flags? <laughs> like, I feel like she you're accomplishing been. the opposite of what you want to accomplish. She well, should have gone back to school. She should have enrolled in school. Yes. Yeah. Right. She's a college student. Like a Drew Barrymore never been kids scenario. Now that would have been a yes. good movie. Yeah. Oh, with, with, so, so. With, with this mom. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm going to the quad. <laughs> yes, I look forty, but I'm really eighteen. Trust me. Hey, uh, do you guys want to play hacky sack? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> oh, so so then she tells Zoe, and then Zoe's like, "Oh my god." I can't believe you did this to me, and I don't know if I feel comfortable going undercover like this. And the and Mrs. Price why. is Mrs. Price is like, well, you're going undercover, or I'm taking all your scholar- your money away. So you're going to do this, or the deal is off. 
And I like she threatens her. She's like, do this or you'll no longer be a student at Woodford University. Like, couldn't Zoe just tell everyone, hey, this woman had become here to investigate her daughter's death. And, and, and the funny thing about this, too, because Mrs. Price was basically like, Zoe, get to work, bitch. And Zoe's like, I've only been here for two days. Yeah. Not only have I only been here two days, I didn't know there was an assignment for you until right now. So right. I'm not behind because I didn't know there was work to do. In all fairness, her, na her name is Price. So you must guess. have known, seen something coming there. So, so then there's a price. Zoe gets right to work. So she goes to the library and she's looking at an article and then she leaves. But of course, when she leaves the library, there are no lights in the hallway. It's dark. And she tries to get out and the door is locked. And we, we find out that the reason why the door is locked is because it was after hours. And so the guy that worked there locked. He's like, well, I locked the door because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to lock the door. She got all mad. That was Adam. Adam Parker. Who is a but the librarian and a psychology major again introduced himself by saying right. that, and the fact that he's a psych major never comes in handy in this movie. Never. That would have been a good detail to use at some point. Never. So, so this is where the insulting snooping begins. So, first we we are back at um, Zoe and Ming's dorm. And and Ming is snooping, and she finds a letter, and she reads the letter, but it's like bad snooping, and she had bad snooping hair because she just had like you know like a bad ponytail, and, and so she finds a letter, she reads it, and it's then, the, it's Zoe's acceptance letter. Why did Zoe bring it with her? Right, right. You hide that shit. Well, you just leave it. Like why you don't need the letter to actually get into the school. It's not like a key card. And then these days, don't you get an email too? Probably. So, so, so then Zoe comes home and there are flowers from David. And, um, being um, as judgmental too, she's like, that was quick. Right. And then she judges her and then pops pills. She has and, anemia. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, yeah, I got anemia. And at this point, they should have said some, like some of the side effects of what you take for anemia or what you take because they have to like sort of um, uh, they explain it later and they, there's a exposition later about these pills. But this would have been the moment to lay that information out. And then, and then, cause then, and then Ming starts going off on her. Um, do you think that you got the spot? in the school because someone died. And and then um, Zoe was basically like, wait, what are you talking about? And then Ming like reamed her out even more. And I'm like, so Ming, if Zoe wasn't at the school last year, how was she, or last semester, or actually a couple of weeks ago, how is she supposed to know? Right. Because this movie like, also has, I was gonna say, this movie also has, it'll have a cut to these really heavy-handed flashbacks, like a quick flashback, as if we don't know what's being explained to us. Like, she'll say, like, you, uh, this, this Lauren was killed, and then there's this quick flashback of her dying. 
It's like, well, we don't need to see that. Um, so, so then we see Zoe. She's outside. David walks up to her, asks her out to dinner. Um, Zoe's like, no, I've got too much schoolwork. And she, says, she says, I'm not your type. I'm not like a society hottie. No, right. a sorority hottie. And he says, that's right, you're not. But he means it as a compliment. Right. But then she ends up going out with him. And yes, Jason, they were at the Aroma Cafe. <laughs> yes. They, they go to, uh, for, for our California listeners, there's a place in Studio City uh, called Aroma Cafe. And like everyone that lives in that area knows it. I used to live like a block from there. And I used to meet friends there for coffee all the time. It's a cute place. It is cute. Um, so, well, his, so, acting, his acting takes a nosedive in this scene. Yes. He doesn't seem like, he seems like he's really uncomfortable. Like he's antsy. He just keeps moving around. Like he's like physically uncomfortable. So, you, so we've had this guest on the show before. Call, uh, her name is Jillian Bowe from Daytime Confidential. And a lot of times when they're talking about actors who aren't that good, who are really bad, they basically say they, they're, they're acting, but you can tell that they don't know where they are. And the names for them is they call them babies who don't know where they are. He was a baby who did not know where he was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because there was this one scene that it worked but it worked in spite of him, and I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, oh, so then while they were talking, she was like, I guess he was checking himself out in the mirror. And she caught him. Yeah. And then they they go back to her He was room. cute. In, in fairness, he was good looking. No, he was. He and Adam he both were. That's what he's bringing to the table, so. Yeah, he's very good looking. Yeah. And they, they, like after dinner, they're outside holding hands and they're playing another terrible pop song that we've never heard of before. So bad. So, so, so then they go back to her room. They do the deed. Okay. It was the weirdest ramp up to that because there was no romantic tension whatsoever. And they yeah. were at first like, oh, no, let's not. And she even said, like, oh, it's weird my roommate's not here. Like, if I thought my roommate were going to come back to the room that I share with them, I pro and I was unsure about hooking up with someone anyway, I probably wouldn't in that moment. Especially my roommate who hates me. Yeah. Who obviously hates me. But they did it. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even obvious in that scene until it's mentioned later that they did it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of missed that. So, so, so then did the nasty. So then the next day, Ming leaves. Uh, Zoe snoops. She finds Ming. She looks at Ming's pills. Um, then she goes into Ming's drawer, and she sees pic pictures of Ming and Lauren, and they're very friendly. They're like, like in a photo. It looked like they're in a photo booth or something. And so then um, Zoe confronts Ming with the picture, and she's like, Ming, you knew about Lauren. Uh, and Lauren's, and Ming's like, well, I saw your acceptance letter. And um, Ming was like, Lauren was my friend. And uh, Zoe's like, well, Lauren was my friend. And then um, uh, Ming was like, well, you know, you've been sleeping in her bed, some friend you are. But 
you, but but Ming just said Zoe said she didn't know. Yeah. Right. So, but then, yeah. so how was she supposed to know that she's sleeping in Lauren's bed? She didn't know. She didn't. That's what I'm saying. They both, both Ming and um, uh, Zoe in this moment treated that piece of information like it was this huge bombshell that should have been super shocking. Yeah. Yeah. We know it from the beginning. Yeah. It just like it just math. It made sense that of course that's the the room that's available when somebody vacated the campus. Yeah. So so then so then once again, uh, Zoe's outside. Someone's watching her. We find out it's Adam. Oh no! Wait, we we missed. Um, Zoe calls Mrs. Price. And Mrs. Price has already threatened to cut her off after two days. Right? Like, get to, like, like Kim Kardashian. Mrs. Walker's like, or Mrs. Price is like Kim Kardashian. Get off your butt and work. Yeah. yeah. The police couldn't do it. You do it. She drives a hard bargain. So, so then she runs into Adam. Adam That's not her. fair either. She didn't know that she had to do that when she accepted all that. No, she did right. not. No, she did not. At all. It, because What's obviously, next? obviously, Mrs. Price could have picked better because you know uh, Zoe was a bad lady detective. Well, let, let's back up. Lauren could have picked a better friend from the beginning. True. True. Yeah, I don't want to go that far back. Yeah. True. Thanks. Uh, so, oh, so then Adam <laughs> Adam asks Zoe out for coffee. She goes to coffee with him. I lo- I did like this scene because they were ta- they're ta- uh, Adam and Zoe are talking. They run into Samantha, and Samantha's like Zoe, and then she looks at Adam and she's like, "Oh hey." <laughs> yeah. yeah, not impressed. I don't think they made it to coffee. Um, oh, that's right. They were walking, I guess. Well, they were going to go. Yeah, they didn't go in the scene. Yeah, but then Zoe said, "said forget it." Um. So basically, Samantha kind of cock-blocked him in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he cock-blocked himself because um, he, Samantha is like, uh, Zoe, we're having another party tonight. Tonight, dr- come as your sexy best. It's a sexy party. They called it the <laughs> Wildest Desires Party. Yes, yeah. it was. Was it? So, yes. So, so then Samantha... Wildest Desires Right. So, so, so Samantha walks away and Adam tells Zoe, well, you know what? You should stay away from that group of people because uh, they're trouble. And then they mention something about David. And then um, uh, Zoe says, well, you know, David, it does. He does know that he's good looking and he does have skills. And then Adam looks at her and the way he talks like he's like, did you sleep with him? And then uh, Zoe's like, were you outside of my room watching me? I noticed someone watching me. Was that you? And then gets that's a yes. <laughs> that's pretty shitty though. Like she's she's going out with this Adam guy, and she's like, oh yeah, that David's got some moves. Mm. She, uh, to be fair, she wasn't going with David as a date. He invited her with the the premise of, hey, you look uh, like a use of friend. That's on him. He yeah. immediately friend zoned himself. 
Yeah. Adam. Adam. Yeah. Adam did. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah. even if you were watching from the window, you keep that shit to yourself. He wasn't watching from the window. But you know what I mean. Even if Adam. she, even if she's like, no, she brought it. Killed. Now, now I'm going to defend him. She brought it up, but like, and so he just questioned, like, oh wait, I didn't. I thought you were like, I think it was, the thinking was, oh, you should be smarter than that. You should know better than to go with him. She knows Adam has interest in it too. He had asked her out. Oh, she's like not dumb. Well, at least not about this. Yeah, she's talking about this. David, oh, it's hot, David. She's having a hot girl ring back at my place. I have to, oh, you know, the guy wants to hear that. They were were both hot. Adam was hotter. Sorry. Yeah, no, Adam was hotter. I get, Adam was definitely hotter. Um, So so, so then, oh, yeah, Adam was definitely hotter. David had good teeth, though. So, oh, so, so then Zoe goes to that night, Zoe goes to the sexy party. Awesome. And she walks in, and everybody at this party is just making out. But, like, well, f- before we describe this making out, though, they're, none of them are dressed sexy. Like, the guys yeah. are in just, like, normal button-down shirts and khakis. It was basically like they were interns at a Republican convention or something. Like, nobody was dressed hot for this party that was described as wildest desire. Like, are people saying, you know what my wildest desires are? A guy that wears dockers. And then, like, um, like, uh, didn't she? And then Zoe showed up in like a baby doll dress. There Zoe three was the only one dressed dancing. kind of, kind of sexy. Like, kind of. She so she showed yeah. cleavage. That was about it. This was supposed to be like a sublime, eyes wide shut, deep fantasy party. Yeah, <laughs> there were like three girls dancing in a circle, like they were at an eighth grade. Uh, Sock hop. Yeah, and the set was like it was clearly like uh, you know some sort of (laughs) not conference room, but like you know some sort of general rec room where they have like a couple of large like those tall tables, and there was like big corporate tablecloths over them, and like a table with punch. It was like it was so lame. And then they had to clean up the shit at the end of the dance. Yeah, and well, and, and if that was like a budgetary thing, like this is set in college, even rich kids have like you know just shitty beer parties where you have like right. red solo cups, like decorate it like that. Yeah, they should have had some freaky people show up. Like, like this is what these kids <laughs> think is like is wild, and some actual freaky people show up and like, mm, I heard this is a the wildest wildest desires. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll be inserting my tongue up your orifice. What? I want to see. I here for punch. I want Ming to show up in this party dressed as a dominatrix. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would go buck naked and like, no, okay, I'll stop there. And it was funny because. Um, uh, maybe I Zoe should be was, doing that at a college party. Maybe. Zoe was kind of like, Zoe was kind of like, whoa, but she wasn't like that shocked. Even though she was, she was pretending to be kind of shocked, but she wasn't. And David's like, you know, you you take it as far as you want. There's no judgment. You do what you want. And then he says, the reason why we do these parties is because this is how we unwind and release stress. We do this once a week because college is so hard. It's frustrating. Yeah. Looks it, like uh. it's more frustrating. So, more so frustrated th- than I was before I came in. Yeah. So, so this is where Zoe starts becoming dumb. So becoming? she knows that she's supposed to be investigating this group, right? Mm-hmm. 
So she comes out and asks David, because she's like, hey, David, can I ask you something? And David's like, sure, ask me whatever. And then she says, did you know Lauren? And David didn't flinch, right? He, he didn't flinch, and he was like, no, I didn't know her. But this is where I think he didn't flinch for the wrong reasons. Because as a, I could see him not flinching as a character choice, but I don't think this was a character choice. I just think he didn't know any better and just wasn't reacting to the question. That's not possible. This trail's been closed for eight years. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. Like if this was a, if it's if this scene was with Eric Roberts and she asked the question to Eric Roberts and Eric Roberts didn't react, I was like, oh, Eric Roberts made a good actor's choice. Yeah, there there should have been a little bit of a of a fumble in answering that question because he clearly did know her. And Samantha immediately says, "Oh no, Lauren attended a few meetings." Samantha's fucking stupid too. Right. Right. Party is like the power exchange in San Francisco. You ever hear of that place? No. No. Do they right. wear pressed khakis to that too? It's a wild sex club in San Francisco. Power oh. exchange. Yeah, there was no power exchange here. But Very similar to the situation. But Zoe did bag an internship at this party because Chloe's dad, the woman named Chloe, because they were Zoe and Chloe, Chloe, um, Chloe could just offer Zoe an internship at the pharmaceutical company, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, they also ca- ca- Samantha casually mentions that uh, Lauren's old roommate Ming was a suspect. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so now all of a sudden it's like Ming is like da da da. So the next day, because they work fast in this movie, because at this point. Zoe's probably been there three days or four days. She's at her internship. And she, it goes well, and she thanks Chloe for getting her the internship. And then Chloe's like, uh, you'll, oh, she's like, oh, I'll return the favor someday. And Chloe looks at her and goes, yeah, you will. <laughs> Which I, Zoe just looks horrified. Like this is the most shocking thing she's ever heard. So, so then Zoe runs into Ming, like, outside. And Ming says to uh, Zoe, listen, Lauren was working on an expose about the select club. Mm-hmm. And as Ming is telling Zoe this, Ming gets a text saying, be careful about what you, be careful of what you say. So then Ming quickly leaves. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, if these people from the select are so powerful that they, they like, are able to fuck with Ming, like, because that number wasn't saved in her phone. She doesn't know who's texting her, but they, right. they, they know that Ming is talking about it in this moment, and they warn her, then how the fuck did they not know who Zoe was? Right. Right. I don't and, know. So then Zoe, once again goes to David, who is enmeshed in this club, enmeshed in the club. He's one of the people who's running the club, and goes to David and is like, do you know that Lauren was a legacy? You idiot, you're talking to the person who runs the club. Yeah. You're dumb. I'm so annoyed. 
there's a commercial that, that they that they kept showing throughout this movie too, where it was something about like self publishing, getting your book published. And there's a woman who says in this commercial, so she's she's talking to like her. Oh, she says, so you don't want to be my book agent. And her acting was like on the her acting was like on the level of the people in this movie. That's not possible. This trail's been closed for eight years. It's extremely dangerous. Are we sure that this whole exercise of the movie and the commercials and promos in between? Are we sure that this wasn't just like a big showcase for the uh, class of twenty two from the Park Ranger School? But it could have been like this is their end uh, end of year uh, showcase. And, people. and they're like, you know, sort of like waiting for Guffman. They're just hoping that somebody sees them. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was so mad. So I'm like, Zoe, you're supposed to be undercover, you idiot. You're not supposed to reveal that you're snooping to the he- to the person running the clock, dummy. So so then she's at her intern. So oh, so then. They're at like this coffee house restaurant sort of a thing. And it was Zoe and Chloe. And Chloe's like, listen, Zoe, you're an intern. So this I need so you. They, they weren't at some, co- they were on they the campus work. of, of the, where they worked. They were at okay. work for this. But it was Which like was in a so lunch room. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, it was like a cafe or whatever, but it, it was, a, the, it, it's important to point out that it's at work because of what happens next. Yeah. There's like uh, a little cafe downstairs yeah. as, yeah. as they have in some office buildings. Yeah. yeah. So, so Chloe's like, listen, Zoe, one of your intern duties is you got to deliver stuff for us. So you see this envelope? Here's an envelope. I need you to go deliver this for us. So dumb Zoe, it's, a wa- it's obviously an envelope full of cash. Zoe opens the cash in front of Chloe. You're not supposed to do that when like someone well, gives you a wad of cash to deliver. You wait until you walk away and then you look at it. Well, there's nowhere to go. This this like drug dealer looking guy just walks in again <laughs> to lobby, their place of work. So what's that? <laughs> to their place of work. Like her, yeah, she yeah. had to deliver it to somebody without having to leave the premises. Like all Chloe had to do was just just walk three steps and give it to him if they were going to do that. Yeah, and, and and he wasn't lurking or anything. He was standing in the middle of the room. Yeah. Yeah, the middle of the room, and she wasn't even sly about handing him the money. Right, that's my point. Like, if this is a very large Here. pharmaceutical uh, company, as it, as they claim in the movie, there's probably cameras everywhere, just constantly, you know, surveilling things. So they're doing this deal on the premises and in broad daylight on camera, likely. Right. Here's a here's a pile of money. Right. She should have handed her one of those. You know, like in the. Roadrunner cartoons, it'd be like those bags with the yeah. big dollars on yeah, it. Yeah. Well, it's like those <laughs> idiots that will do like drug deals and stuff through Venmo. Right. It's like, yeah, let's keep a record of your illegal activity. Great. <laughs> so, so then, and, so then Ming, Ming's dumb too. Because then Ming is like, <laughs> Ming is studying. David approaches her and threatens her, right? He's like, you know, you better keep your mouth shut, Ming. So Ming gets up, she leaves, she goes to walk downstairs, and who is coming towards her? A person in a black hoodie. Now, you idiot. When someone in a black, you're in a Lifetime movie. If someone in a black hoodie starts walking towards you, you run. Yeah. Ming just stood there. To be fair, Ming doesn't know she's in a Lifetime movie. But still, the person in the black hoodie, 
the person in the black hoodie looked pretty menacing as yeah. they're running after her. Yeah. I would run from some hooded person. She goes, yeah. she says, she says to the hooded person, okay. She goes, okay, you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> no, you run. Stop the hooded. It's a person yeah. in a black hoodie. You run mm-hmm. because she didn't run. And the person in the black hoodie picked her up and threw her over the balcony. She fell into the bushes. I started laughing. It was funny. So I'm like, because you didn't run, you idiot. It was funny, especially <laughs> especially when we find out who was wearing the black hoodie. Yes. I was like, someone ate their Wheaties. Yeah, because I did not think that, <laughs> that person was that strong. Because <laughs> right. the lifting of, of Ming in that moment was effortless. Seriously. Talk about before that, you know, like a woman gets superpowers when she lifts up a, her, her baby's under a truck and she yeah. lifts it up. Well, that's what happened there. That she got superpowers. She was so tired of Ming, she got superpowers and threw her, threw her over someone, the, someone has a good trainer, deck. I tell you that. Um, okay, so, so, then the, so then we have our, our, our lifetime detectives and cops who are very oh, upset that they have to work. Because <laughs> we know you know how a you know how a lifetime cop or a lifetime detective hates to do their job, hates it, and so the detective is bitter. Like, how dare you make me come out here and and look at this dead body? And so um, uh, Adam comes walking by, and Adam says to Zoe, "Well, you know, David killed Ming to keep her quiet." Um, so, so, so now Zoe's sad, Samantha approaches Zoe, and what does Zoe start doing? Dumb Zoe starts talking about her internship, and, and, and talking about how she delivered a wad of cash, and Samantha even looks at her, and like, she's dumb, and she's like, look, idiot, it's not organized crime, it's business. And even if you thought it was organized crime, you keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You keep your mouth shut. Snitches get stitches. So, so then Adam comes up to uh, Zoe. He apologizes to her. Um, Zo- um, oh, because oh, also uh, Samantha yells at her, too. Like, Samantha's pissed. That, yeah. He that threatens Zoe. her. Yeah. So, so then um, Zoe asks Adam for help, and then Zoe goes to Samantha's room. Now, do, what did you think of Samantha's room? It's fine. It looked it, columns in it and everything. I mean, I all these rooms. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a nice campus, but I, even on the nicest campus, the rooms are not like this. Because yeah, she had like this big room, columns in the in the room. Um, so, so then. Um, Zoe goes to Samantha at, to her room and she's like, I'm so, you know, I'm sorry about yesterday. Uh, and then Samantha's kind of reluctantly accepting the apology. But then Zoe's like, hey, let's let's walk to class together. So before she leaves, she stuffs something. What do you call it? The door jam? What do you call that? The, the, the like, like basically, where stuff. where the where the doorknob, like the the little part comes out and sticks into the other other side of the frame at the yeah. latch or whatever. She stuffed something in there so the door couldn't close properly. Oh yeah, this part is also really yeah. dumb. 
which yeah. which is fine, which is fine, which is fine that she did that. Where yeah, I get but. pissed, where I get pissed is so her and Samantha are going down the, they're waiting for the elevator, and idiot Adam, you wait until they're on the elevator yeah. before you go into the room. Yeah, no, he's right behind them. Oh, who taught yeah. these kids? This is looking that was a director's drawer. choice. That was a director's choice so that we could see them in the frame together. But instead, it should have been like they exit frame immediately as he enters. Right, right. But then he looks through the underwear, her underwear drawer, like a bras and stuff. I mean, and judges there, but by the there, but by the grace of God, go I. But still, he, he did kind of judge it. It was a, it was a weird little beat. Yeah, he, it was kind of weird. He's like, what, what? But then he finds pills, right? Yeah, yeah. potassium chloride. Yeah. With Ming's name on them. Yes. And, uh, oh, and then, so, oh, then Samantha, then they, then they, they do the, the, um, they, they do the proverbial, uh oh, she forgot something. So she's got to go back into her room and get it. So Adam needs to hide. And so, oh, she's got a phone. So, so Zoe tries to stop her by saying, you forgot your phone. Right. Like, Adam, watch out. They're coming. Yeah. And so I did like that Zoe, like, Samantha went and got her phone and then had a weird feeling like something's weird, like somebody's here. But then she left. So then, um, so Adam finds the potassium chloride. And so I, I, Googled potassium chloride as I'm watching the movie. And yeah, one of the effects effects of potassium chloride is it can speed up your heart. Yeah. They should have mentioned that earlier in the movie or had, like, uh, when we first saw the pills with Ming, like, Zoe looks it up for some reason. Right. And so then maybe Zoe's suspecting Ming of something. So, So then Zoe runs to the cops, but they're lifetime cops. So, so Zoe's like, look, you know, they they poisoned her with potassium chloride, and here's the pill bottle right here. And the detective was like, so uh, I have. How did you find out? I now have the bottle in my hand, so this isn't admissible. I I actually um, side with the lifetime cop in this this particular instance because the lifetime oh, cop. Yeah did say, I actually believe you, which the, life, the, the cop never believes the victim in the movies, right. uh, but also pointed out, like, you don't actually have any proof. All you've done is handed me a bottle. You could have gotten that anywhere. And, but then, you know, it's a lifetime cop, so the cop looked very exhausted. Mm-hmm. She looked very, oh, like, like, how dare you make me work? It's probably Get shot out. late in the day. Hey, yeah. you, you know, guys, if you're interested, you remember where they show... They show Lauren's essay. I got a screenshot of that. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to hear some of this? Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay. It's called it's Secret Club Internships and Bribery by Lauren Price. This is what it says. I rise to discuss the merits of secret societies. I believe that persons professing godliness commit a great error when they form an alliance with secret societies. I trust that I am actuated by a higher motive than feelings of personal ill will or unreasoning prejudice. Yet the attitude in which I appear before the public at this time 
but I have allowed a conviction of duty to prevail as I trust I ever shall. I impugn, I impugn no man's motives, nor is it men that I shall contend against, but principles. You want to hear what this, this is? <laughs> Lauren is sounds insufferable. <laughs> She really does. Like, I'm actually now on the side with the killers here. Like, okay, guys, I get it. I get it. We should remember that we are playing a part in the drama of human contest that shall be investigated when and where the drapery of human seclusion shall be entirely removed and the character of each person tested, not by its apparent, but its real worth. This also doesn't, wasn't this supposed to be an article for the school paper, like an expose? Yeah. This sounds like a manifesto. This is a light read. Wow. <laughs> they didn't think we were going to see that. And the, the, wait, so you're telling me that the Select thought this piece of shit was going to take them down? I yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I wouldn't want my name associated with this article either. <laughs> right. Oh, so then... It, it, the article's now written by Alan Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's another sexy party going on. Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah. Is it sexy? Is it? No. no. I saw two people who were very close to each other yeah. as they were slow dancing. There's um, slow dancing going on. But it's like too with slow dancing in a jitterbug. Look, at these parties, I'm sorry, with that shitty pop music, nobody's getting a boner. Nobody. Nobody. I saw so, a woman's shoulder. No. So, so then Zoe shows up. And she, like this party was chased by Hallmark standards. Right. And that's saying something. That's saying something. Use your imagination. Um so Zoe goes to the party and she's supposedly sexy. And she goes to David. They had to tell us. <laughs> it's a bad yeah. sign when they have to tell us, you know. Like, wow. Because he's like, wow, you're sexy. So she starts hitting on David. She's like, David, come with me. I want to talk to you privately. And then she goes to Samantha. And Samantha, you can come and watch too. And so idiot takes David and Samantha into this back room and then she's like tell me what you tell me the truth about Lauren and I want the whole truth and we find out that she was taping everything on her phone she wasn't wearing a wire no she had her phone yeah it was just like strapped to her leg or something (laughs) and Samantha like pulls part of the dress away and sees it right away and she also keep it Yes, they let her leave with the phone. I'm like, who are you people? You let her like leave said, with the phone. They didn't really say anything incriminating, though, so I guess that's, that's what happened But still, there. you take the phone and you break it. Mm-hmm. Throw it out the window. Just like she, she, she did Ming. I gave it away. And, and so, so they let her leave with the phone, but then Samantha turns to Adam and she's like, I did it for you. And no, David. Oh, no, she did it for David. Oh, no, she... She turned to David. Sorry about it. And Adam was like hiding and Adam was hiding with his phone, but dumb Adam didn't put his phone on silent. Yeah. So it it like made a no noise when he like hit the record button. Yeah. Like, cause it's like when you're snooping, you put your phone on silent. Yeah. Who raised plan ahead? Well, Adam's really lousy. Yeah. So, so they catch Adam 
And um, then Samantha confronts Zoe and she's like, you know what? Don't punish, if you publish that article, it's basically your word against ours. And then this is where Zoe had the draft that Kurt just read. Well, it should be pointed out that this big showdown now, because it's like Samantha and Zoe, and we've got like David who's like tied up. This is happening on the on like the track, the track and field from earlier in the movie at night, but the track is fully lit like the big super bright halogen lights lighting up as they're having this fight about the criminal activity that's been going on on this campus yeah. well, not only that did you notice that samantha had she had a costume change she changed into her hoodie well she's wearing her yeah. well it, it is cold outfit. outside you know uh, girls gotta be prepared yeah you never know when you have to like might have so to commit dresses, murder okay so she dresses like a lifetime villain She's on the ready. Um, well, I guess that's what she is. So this is the second time. How do I how do I phrase this? Have you guys both seen um, Glass Onion yet? No. No. Without revealing anything, there was on Glass Onion. There was something that was on paper. That. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say. I'm okay. not going to say. All right. It was similar to what happened was similar to what happened here where so uh, oh, this is kind of a remake of Glass Onion. Well, no. This came out before Glass Onion. This came out in oh, September. Oh, Glass Onion's a remake yeah. of this. Sorry Ryan Johnson, right. we know you've been cribbing Lifetime movies. Because so so uh, the so Samantha's like you don't have any evidence against us. It's your word against ours. And then um, Zoe produced a paper draft because she was like, uh, Lauren always had a draft on paper for her edits. So I have it right here. And then Samantha went and she's like kind of basically putting it in Samantha's face and Samantha grabbed it. And it's like, you idiot, that's your evidence that she just grabbed. Yeah, I don't think she made a copy. And then, even, if so then she, like, even if she had... How do you, if, if you don't have uh, uh, Lauren's computer anymore or, uh, or Ming's computer anymore, how do you know that that's actually what Lauren wrote? Right. So, so then Samantha and, and Zoe start duking it out like men. They're like punching each other. Yeah. That was cool. Like, like beating the crap out of each other. And so, um, so there, so uh, Samantha gets the best of Zoe, and she picks up. What do you call those balls? Like not, it's because the javelin's the stick, right? It's a, a shot, shot put. put. Yeah. So Samantha's gonna like hit Zoe in the head with a shot put. Those things are heavy too. Yeah, but then the cops show up and stop everything. But then it's one <sighs> year later. And Zoe's starting a new club. And so she's handing out, you know, people are walking by and she's like, hey, join my new social club. And then Lauren's mom, Mrs. Price, shows well, we, up. Before Mrs. Price, we find out that Zoe and Adam are officially a couple. Yes, yeah. they're a couple. Okay, good. Then Mrs. Price shows up. And... She shows she, up to we, thank her, but like... If you really think about the timeline... 
it's kind of absurd that she's just now coming to thank her because yeah. all of that other stuff happened, what, three weeks into the semester last year? Last so she year. waited yeah. almost a year after putting this girl through this ridiculous exercise to find her daughter's killer. Right. Right. Like, it's almost like, oh, I forgot to I forgot to thank you a year ago. So I'm going to show up now. And Zoe apparently didn't think she was going to keep paying because she got herself a scholarship. Right, because, yeah, Mrs. Price is like, I didn't get the bill this year. And Zoe's like, well, I got a full scholarship, so I don't need you anymore. And then, Which made no sense. Who the fuck applies for a scholarship when they know they've got a free ride anyway? Right. She was afraid she'd have to solve another murder. And so then, um, well, that is a good way to put your way through school. It makes that, now, see, that that's a movie I would watch is every, like every week. It's it's a new episode and she's just got to solve a new murder or else she's going to lose her college tuition. Right. And, and, and she's got to solve the murder, but then she's got finals. So what is she going to do? Mm hmm. She has she has paper due tomorrow. Well, she's she's she gonna unwind by going to the most boring sex club ever. Right. Oh, so then, um, so then, Mrs. Price is like, oh, what, what, sorry, no, I'm just thinking, like, what if what if a week happens where there's no murder? She starts committing murders so she can solve those murders. So she can she can stay in school. Well, but she still has finals. Okay. She has finals every study. week. Yeah. Still to do the work. Or paper due. Yeah. Or math test. Oh, and so then Mrs. Price is like, she looks at Adam and she's like, he looks like a nice boy. And then um, Mrs. Price is like, well, let's go to lunch. And then Zoe's like, you're paying. And that was it. That was it. I was very the underwhelmed. <sighs> the end. Are my friends killers? Yeah, your friend's acting is killing me. That's not possible. This trail's been closed for eight years. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need a little bit of work. But I do agree. It's, it's, you, what, what it comes down to is the director, especially if, if everybody in the movie is, pretty much everybody in the movie is bad. Everybody. It's bad. You, got, it, it, you know, it, it falls on the director. At especially the when day, people look uncomfortable in the movie, that's not a good sign. Which they did. Which they did. Because isn't it all about the editing at the end of the day, too? Editing can help. Because if that's the best they got out of that movie, I hate to see the worst. Well, I also wonder if if this script was already a little thin, so the reason they had those like weird flashbacks and things and, and allowing those spaces before people would walk into a scene um, is just a result of they, they couldn't trim it down anymore. Could you imagine the blooper reel in this movie? I think we just I'd, saw I'd it. rather. <laughs> it's true. You're right, Kurt. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what's not a blooper reel is getting a hold of me, where, you know, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on my website at less. Kirkendall.com. Oh, Les Kirkendall Barrett. I forgot one of my names. Les Kirkendall Barrett.com. That's Les how Kirkendall offended Barrett. I was by this movie. It made me forget one of my names. Jason. 
Uh, uh, please uh, rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform you hear this show on. Give us five stars. It's helping more people find the show, so thank you. Uh, we are all on Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast, and I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt? Well, I'm on KurtFitzpatrick.com, and I have, um, I will, oh, I'll be at the Rogue Festival in uh, March, I'll look up roguefestival.com, I think it is, with my show, The Jester of All Maladies. That'll be the first week of March. And I'll be doing some movie and Oscar podcasts coming up soon in coming months. And um, speaking of Rogue Festival, I am now going to be at the Rogue Festival with my show, The, uh, the Real Black Swan, Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen. And next weekend... Uh, the weekend of the uh, the week of the tenth, I am going to be in Orlando at the Orlando Mini Winter Fest, doing my show, The Rural Black Swan Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen, as well. And if you want to find out information about that, go to orlandofringe.org. dot <sighs> Indeed. <sighs> oh my god! Oh, do you know what I had a little chat with today? Our friend, David Rosen, he recommended some movies to me. Some Lifetime and Hallmark movies? No, because I was talking about, because I'm on this kick right now, because I watched Glass Onion yesterday, and today I watched The Menu. So I'm on this new kick. I'm loving the new crop of movies that are basically about assholes getting what's coming to them. Okay. And, And so he recommended another movie to me. What movie? Triangle? Oh. Was it Triangle um, of Sadness? Yes, that's the movie he recommended. I've seen it. It's great. It's great. That's the movie he recommended. It was Triangle of Sadness. So I was like, oh my gosh, David Rosen. Hello. Yeah, if you want to watch a movie where assholes get their comeuppance, definitely Ooh. watch that one. So yeah, so then in that where's case... Where's that available? Pardon? Yeah, I, oh, where's that available? Uh, Where'd you watch it? I, 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 I saw it in theater. Um, and it'll probably be nominated for some stuff, so there will be screeners, I bet. Oh, so we'll get screeners. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to watch movies. So if you liked that, you'll like – because have you guys seen the menu yet? Not yet. No. The menu's like that, and like, and that's Glass Onion. It's Glass Onion's about the same thing, basically. Okay. So, yes. So I guess that's the new trend. Assholes getting what's coming. I mean, that's what we've been seeing happen in politics this week. Right? What does it take? What? I know, I'm loving it. How many times? How many times? You know, what is it going to be like the tenth time? Oh no, we've the they've already voted eleven oh. times. Oh jeez, it's going to it's going to twelve tomorrow. You know, there's just sometimes you got to just. What did Kenny Rogers say? Know when to fold him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> know when to hold him. Anyway. I guess that's it. So uh, I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.